Welcome to Podcast at Boatwright. I am Lucretia McCulley, Head of Scholarly Communications at Boatwright Library. Our author today is Dr. Laura Naus, Associate Professor of Psychology. She is a clinical psychologist whose research and clinical expertise focus on the nature, assessment, and treatment of attention deficit hyperactivity disorder in adults. Dr. Naus is the author of Meta-Analysis of Cognitive Behavioral Treatments for Adult ADHD in the Journal of Consulting and Clinical Psychology, published by the American Psychological Association. This recent article focuses on analyzing studies and data of cognitive-based treatments for adult ADHD. Laura, thank you for joining us today. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Well, to start off our conversation, what inspired you to write on this particular topic? Well, it's kind of a long story that actually begins here at U of R. Um, so when I was an undergraduate at U of R, I had the opportunity to do undergraduate research in the Department of Psychology and had a summer research internship where I got to work in a lab um, looking at ADHD in adults. And so my interest started really early um, in that particular topic. And then when I went to graduate school, I was able to focus more on um, the assessment of ADHD in adults and then got really interested in treatments for adult ADHD. Um, so many adults with ADHD, as you may know, um, use medications, particularly stimulant medications, as treatments for adult ADHD, and they can be very helpful and effective. Um, but more and more, um, clients are really wanting to access non-medication treatments as well. Um, we know that medications can be effective, but they often don't relieve all symptoms or help um, adults solve all problems or areas of functional impairment in their life. And then, of course, there are people who can't take medications or um, don't want to use that type of treatment. And so fortunately, what we have been able to find in my field um, over the past decade approximately is that there are behavioral strategies that can be used um, in the clinic with adults with ADHD to help them learn and use self-regulation strategies. Um, so when a person has ADHD, they have difficulties with something called executive functioning. And that's the ability to basically make plans and make them into reality, um, to attend long enough to complete tasks. Um, so it's not as though adults with ADHD don't know what to do. They more have a difficulty doing what they know to be a good thing in the moment, don't we all? basically. Um, and so CBT, part of that is helping adults learn specialized skills and ways of thinking about themselves and about the world that help them to turn those intentions um, into actual behavior in their lives. And so um, I've been fortunate to work on this topic for a long time. I did a clinical internship at the Massachusetts General Hospital and worked with a team that was researching cognitive behavioral treatments for adult ADHD, um, testing them, clinically using um, randomized control trials. And through that work, I started to do a lot of literature reviews of the different studies that have tested different types of CBT. There's kind of different flavors of CBT. And I began to notice that when I would read these studies, um, many of the published studies were showing statistically significant results or differences as a result of the treatment but that the effect size, or kind of how much better the patients were getting, either from themselves at the beginning of the treatment trial or compared to a control group that didn't get any treatment, the, the sizes of the effects really seemed to differ if I was just kind of looking at them. And so the literature review really doesn't capture that aspect of um, the, the broad range of studies. 
So instead, um, I, I became interested in conducting a meta-analysis, which is where you're able to take the effects across a broad range of similar studies and sort of statistically collapse them together to figure out, okay, across this whole body of research, how effective is CBT for adult ADHD? The second thing you can do with meta-analysis is you can say, all right, if I know that these different types of treatments and treatment studies have different features, I can then see whether a particular feature of a study predicts a bigger treatment response. So for example, you could look at whether a treatment that's conducted in a group is more or less effective than a treatment that's conducted with an individual. And that's called a moderator analysis. So you can see how big the effect is, and you can see whether different factors predict larger or smaller effects. Um, and so why I was inspired was because of my um, passion for finding the best treatments for adults with ADHD, and also to create um, an article that was going to be a really important point for all the researchers in this field who have been working on this topic to be able to kind of get a broad view of the literature and kind of say, where do we go from here? Well, thank you so much for sharing that process and your story. And it's exciting that it started here when you were a student. Absolutely. Well, how did students contribute to the development of this article? I have a great answer for that. My students were an integral part of this um, research from the very beginning. So I have two student co-authors on this article, Milan Brooks, who is currently a senior at U of R, and Jonathan Teller, who has re recently graduated from U of R. And they were brave enough to embark on this project with me um, during a summer research fellowship in the summer of 2015. And so uh, being myself new to meta-analysis, um, I read up on it, I got consultation, but we also worked together to sort of plan out how we were going to conduct the study. And one thing that people, I think, who have not done meta-analysis don't really appreciate is how many decisions you have to make along the way. You know, what kinds of measures are you going to use? What are your criteria for studies that are allowed to kind of be in this meta-analysis? And so Millie and John, um, throughout the process, were learning with me and kind of working together with me to, to help make the decisions. Of course, I was ultimately in charge, <laughs> um, as often happens in a lab, right? You have sort of an apprenticeship model. And then they were really helping me to go into these studies and pull out all the data that we needed in terms of the numbers and also in terms of the different study characteristics to be able to do the analyses. So they were very helpful to me in thinking through decisions around planning and then also that kind of data extraction procedure. Um, and just moral support, of course. We had a lot of fun. It's very tedious work, and so it's great to have a, a good team to um, rely on and have fun with. Thank you. And how can the University of Richmond community use this article to understand effective ways of managing ADHD? Sure. I think one really exciting aspect of this article that could um, inform life on campus is the idea that, you know, we, we, we know that we have students, we have colleagues on this campus who themselves have ADHD or may have family members that have ADHD. And I think that this article really brings home the scientific evidence behind these very specialized cognitive behavioral treatments. So as I said before, many people use medications that can be very helpful. Um, we also know that for students, classroom accommodations are something that can be very helpful. Knowing about the effectiveness of CBT kind of brings in this 
really important part of the toolbox that can help um, people on campus and the people in their lives really find their way to these treatments, which is sometimes difficult, unfortunately. Thank you. And um, another question about students. How would you envision undergraduate students using articles like this for their study and research? I often find that one of the biggest challenges for my students, especially when they are um, taking a topic that's new to them, so if they have, say, free choice and an assignment to choose a topic of their liking, or especially if they're doing senior research or honors research, some kind of independent project where you know, the professor or mentor isn't just giving them this pile of articles to read. One of the hardest things is how do you get started in an area of interest, even just finding what the important literature is. So I find myself often suggesting to my students that in addition to using their keywords, they use meta-analysis and literature review as specific article types when they're getting started with their scholarship, especially if you can find a really recent one. Um, someone who's done a good job with that article is going to already give you the scope um, of the field, and that's going to help direct you um, when you're just kind of getting started. And our last question, how did library services support you in writing this article? Many ways. One way, of course, is access to all of the wonderful search engines that the, the library provides. So the first thing we had to do was to basically try to find every article, and we tried for unpublished and published sources, try to find every possible article that had ever been written on this topic that could maybe meet our criteria. So we cast our net far and wide. We used PsycInfo, we used PubMed, we used um, the database to find masters, theses, and dissertations, and then we followed up with a little bit of Google Scholar searching. So we heavily used those resources. The other service that was really helpful um, for our project was Interlibrary Loan. So several of these articles were articles that we couldn't readily get full text versions of. And so ILL was so helpful in getting us things with German titles and things that were in these obscure journals. Um, they were wonderful. Um, in fact, the, one of the, um, I would say to this point, lesser known articles on this topic was a dissertation from 1993 from the University of Calgary. One of the earliest studies on this topic was actually a master's thesis. And this master's thesis only existed in microfiche. So I found myself getting some lovely microfiche sheets, finding the microfiche reader, and working my way through. So that was a service I did not anticipate that I would use, but was available to me and was very helpful. A little walk down memory lane right. in the library. Well, I'm <laughs> glad we still have that technology to provide. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Nels. Please note that the Journal of Consulting and Clinical Psychology is available full text online on the Boatwright Library website.